Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. In this episode, Pastor Andrew talks about the people who bring God's message into our world and how to discern the difference between good pride and bad pride. I just thought I'd pick up thoughts from our readings. Jesus talks about being invited to a banquet. And I remember back in my days in Sydney at St. Augustine's Anglican Church at Neutral Bay. And at that stage, I was living in King's Cross working for Team Challenge. And I took two of our team out to our church, which had a breakfast on between the services. And we were late. And the only table left was a table that wasn't actually set. There was no tablecloth. It was just a table right at the back of the hall. And so we busily tried to get some food and sit down. And next thing, one of the wardens is standing beside us. And he said, the rector would like you to come up and sit at his table, which was right up the front. So we merrily picked up our stuff and wandered up there. And lo and behold, there were three seats available. And we sat down and we had our breakfast at the rector's table. And one of the other wardens turned to me and said, you know what his sermon was about this morning? And it was about the reading that we've just had, where Jesus says, be careful that you don't go and sit in the best place. You may not be the most important person coming. Rather, it would be better if you go and sit in the least place and be invited up to the main table, which is exactly what our rector had done. And I liked the way in which Lynette attacked the issue of pride because we have this confusion between good pride and bad pride. That We need to be proud of what we do. But when that pride turns to boasting, turns to demeaning, turns to what we call arrogance, then that's no longer good pride. And that's what Jesus is getting at here. It's good to be invited up to the head table. That's good stuff. And you should feel good about being up there. But to take it on yourself to go there without invitation puts you in a very difficult situation that you just might be asked to move. Have you ever sat in the wrong seat in the theatre? And someone comes and says, you're in my seat. You ever had that happen? (laughs) And don't you feel stupid? And then you want to argue. And then you've got to give in. And then you've got to get up, pick up all your stuff and move. So Jesus has this knack of nailing issues in his parables. Of making us understand how easy it is to trip over the line. To move out of a good humility 
a good acceptance of who you are and what you do, to over-exaggerate what it is you do. And one of the things in my book on self-acceptance is that the wrong sort of pride actually begins when we feel small about ourselves. So arrogant people are putting on airs because they actually feel small and they're trying to make up for it. It's the same with criticism. Someone who is really critical of others doesn't like themselves. And they're trying to make up for their own sense of inadequacy by making other people look small. So what do you do with that? You get it healed. You come to God in humility. You acknowledge his lordship. You ask his forgiveness. And then you ask him to teach you about humility. And that's when it gets hard. I remember God doing that to me when we were in King's Cross. Things weren't going well. Our staff level had diminished. In a 12-month period, we saw one person come to Christ from our work, which is not good results if you're an evangelistic organisation. And I would complain to God. I would say, you need to fix this staff up. And then I would say, we need to get rid of the devil. And the tension in our staff got stronger and stronger. And then one night, as I'm travelling home in the train, God says, why don't you read Philippians chapter 2? And I said, I know what's in Philippians chapter 2. I preach on it all the time. He said, but why don't you read the four verses before what you preach on? And all of a sudden, I realised I was in trouble. Because in that section, Paul's talking about humility. And God said to me, there's nothing wrong with the staff. The devil's not creating the problem. I am resisting you because of your pride. And that just stunned me. And I didn't know whether to get down on my knees in the middle of the train and apologise to God or wait till I got home. And I actually waited till I got home. And I just headed out with God and I apologised and asked his forgiveness. And I said, I don't know how to be humble. And so he decided he would teach me. And there are two little things in Philippians 2. One is consider others better than yourself. That is, lift them up. Now, a truly arrogant person would do this. Oh, okay. I will lower myself so they are higher than me. That is not doing what Paul said. That is, arrogance run rampant. No, you lift them up. You raise them up in your eyes. And you make every opportunity you can to raise them up in the eyes of others. And the second is, 
that you don't look just to your own interests, but the interests of others. And that's when it got difficult. God said, I want you to do everything any of the team asks you to do. Not something immoral, but anything that they ask from you, I want you to do it. And the first step towards that was, it was my time to feed the chickens. And it was pouring with rain. And I thought, oh, the chickens can wait. And God said, you know, it's just you getting wet. For them, it's their life. So I went and fed the chickens in the rain. And then I went into the centre. And over the next couple of weeks, people would ask me to do things. And I would just jump up and say, yes, I will. And I just kept responding to whatever was asked of me. And sometimes it would cost me. But after a couple of weeks, I said, God, okay, I'm doing what you said. What's next? And the next morning we had a prayer session. And our centre director said, listen, no one's leaving here today until everyone gets everything right with each other. And I had my eyes closed and I was thinking, we're going to be here a long time. I opened my eyes and I was sitting by myself. They'd all gone off with one another to get things right. And then the centre director came and apologised to me, the way in which he had treated me. And he says, you don't have to defend what you've done. And he really apologised. Within a week, we saw 30 young people converted off the streets. In our school ministry, we saw 100 students converted from our ministry. And there was such a unity in the team. Because I took the opportunity that God gave me, and that's not a boast, I just did what he said, and he came to the party. So Jesus is really serious about this issue of when we let pride go beyond its proper realm, when good pride turns to arrogance. And just looking at the comment of what God was saying in Jeremiah 2, what fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. And there's a very powerful statement there. When we move away from our God, when we move away from the God, the one and only true God, we become worthless. We totally lose our value. You know what scientific atheism tells us? That the only value we have is the chemicals that go up to make our body, which is probably about $10. That's all we're worth to scientific atheism. To God, we are of immense worth created in his image and likeness, 
And Jesus died on the cross for us. And when we're submitted to him, following him, and loving him, we have great worth. When we walk away from him, we lose that worth because he's the only person in the universe that can give us true worth and true value. What were they doing? Even the prophets had got it wrong and were prophesying by Baal following worthless idols. Where can you go if the priests and the prophets get it wrong? What a sad day for the people of God when the very people who know and should know who God really is and what he really says and what he really calls for move away to demonic powers, to demonic gods, and to idols which are just things that can do absolutely nothing for you. He then says, has a nation ever changed gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. And then the passage finishes with this, and I think this is extremely powerful. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. So two things, leaving God, who is the spring of life, and then making up our own water in our own way, our own cisterns doing things in our own strength and in our own will and in our own way. As one politician from the past said, I did it my way. If you're doing it your way, I think you're in trouble. If I'm doing it my way, I know I'm in trouble. Leaving God and then doing it, thinking that we got it better by ourselves, and we know better. So we have this call to honour our God, to follow and serve him. And the only way you can do that is to humble yourself before him and to depend on him and live in him, have faith in what he says and do what he asks. And then have humility with others lifting them up and helping them out so that they may fulfill their goals, their desires, to give them a helping hand. Now just let me not forget our letter to the Hebrews. Hebrews 13 verse 2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. You know, angels are real. They don't always appear with wings on their back and in white cloths. They have appeared that way, but they don't always appear that way. And I remember when we were in King's Cross having this hobo come into our centre 
and he looked really down and out. So our guy said, look, we're going to make some soup and some toast for you and give you something to eat. And they merrily got out and they got in the kitchen and started preparing the soup. And as they brought the tray of soup and toast out, he was walking out the door. So one of our guys raced out the door to let him know we've got it and there was nobody there. Now, he could not have got down the alleyway that was a part of the entrance to our centre. There was just nobody there. And they realised that they had probably been entertaining an angel unawares. You don't know who God just might send your way. You know, the prophets were never mighty, strong men. They were never called the most handsome guys out. You get John the Baptist coming from the wilderness, dressed in camel hair, and eating locusts and honey. Is that the sort of guy you like your daughter to bring home to say, hey, Dad and Mum, this is my new boyfriend? God seems to choose the most peculiar of people to speak his word, to declare his purpose, and to understand his ways. And we need to welcome his true prophets, his true priests, who speak his word and call us to account and reveal the incredible nature of our God. He was awesome in the extreme. Let us pray. Father, it is so hard to know when we move from good pride to bad pride. Help us to see humility in the right way. Help us to be humble before you and others. Help us to be kind in what we say about others. And help us help them in their aspirations and goals. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages from Pastor Andrew, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au